Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the William & Mary Global Film Festival In-Depth. Uh, my name is Brandon Trainer, and today I'm here with... Nick Carello. And Bill Cusson. Alrighty, this week we have a few more new announcements for the film festival this year. I'm going to toss it over to Nick to tell you a little bit about the DIY-FIY film competition. Yeah, so um, one really kind of interesting aspect of the film festival is that we host what's called the DIY-FIY, which stands for Do It Young and Film It Yourself. Um, essentially, it's a combination um, storyboard writing and filming and post-production workshop um, aimed at students in the Williamsburg area or, you know, surrounding neighborhoods from 4th to, or, yeah, grades 4 through 12. Um, I participated last year as a volunteer, and it's really just a great element of the film festival because, as you can imagine, the... Um, the themes and the ideas that fourth graders come up with for making their own film when they have complete liberty and creative <laughs> decision-making capability really, I think, outshine some of the films we played at the film festival. <laughs> <laughs> now, last year when you were volunteering for it, what did you what did you do? What role did you take on? So, personally, I do not have too many kind of like hard video production chops, but a lot of our um, kind of other volunteers that were involved really helped the students learn how to use the photo editing and the video editing software, how to use these really great cameras that Nikon has donated to the film festival. Um, I kind of was there more along the lines of corralling the students when they weren't um, necessarily <laughs> as focused as they could have been, um, giving creative input, and um, I actually I did help them each um, group. The students are divided into groups of four or five, mostly with similar age range um, peers. And uh, as part of the project, they also have to make a poster for their film. And so I helped my group to make their um, zombie rock film poster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds really great. I really wish I would have had someone teaching me how to use photo editing software at that age. It's really amazing. I mean, I thought that I was able to pick up technology pretty quickly. But within 30 minutes of instruction from like the swim media center employees they were like they naturals that's awesome so the like when the kids are doing this uh, production thing it's here like at the college or is it like in the williamsburg community like out there or here so it's split up into three workshops the first second and third weekend of november mm -hmm. um and if i remember correctly last year all three of them were kind of based out of swim library um and that's where we did the majority of our storyboard writing and post-production. But then for the filming segment, which is the one on the second Saturday in November, they had a little bit more free reign of where they wanted to film as a backdrop and things like that. So what were like some of the more interesting films that they came up with last year? Um, so a film that still sticks out very clearly in my mind was called Rolling Through Time. Um, really only had one actress in the entire film, a young seven-year-old girl who... Oh, okay, so the element last year um, that kind of united all the films was that they had to in some way use a tire because we had um, the uh, film and renewal. We were reusing old tires as kind of like a motif that mm -hmm. ran throughout the festival. And so this girl decided that she would turn her tire into a time machine, and that just meant that she rolled herself into a ball 
got in the tire, got in front of a green screen, and then rolled off the screen from present day into prehistoric times. Kind of got out of the tire, looked around, thought it was cool, then she rolled into the future. Um, really no mm-hmm. discernible plot, just rolling through time. And it was great. That it was sounds... incredibly lighthearted and fun. Yeah, film. that sounds lovely. <laughs> I would definitely watch that. <laughs> I, w- I was wondering, like, I was imagining that you would say some, like, uh, like child film horror story or something like that. That would be pretty nightmarish. That would. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that this year. Oh, it could happen. <laughs> it could definitely happen. Now, and that's this year that we have the new addition to the DIY FIY, and that's that you can make a music video instead. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what the kids will come up with for that. It really, I can't even begin to predict because I was. With an element like a tire, it can just go in any single direction, and the students really did take it everywhere it could possibly go. We had a tire that was a wizard. We had a tire that was a time machine. Um, we had multiple tire weapons. So I think just the more creative outlets that we give these kids, the more we're just going to be impressed. And the great thing about it is, too, that after all the um, work is done, we do showcase all the films as part of the film festival. Um and I, I just think there's something really special about seeing, like, your own film up on a big screen, especially for kids who, like, worked on it. Oh, yeah, I, I can only imagine what that's like. Now, in other film festival news for this week, we have our mug nights coming up soon. We I just saw that we have pictures of the mugs, which we've gotten in. Brand new. Yeah, very shiny, nice green and black plastic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought they looked nice. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah, so our first mug night is actually going to be Wet Hot American Summer, and that is on November 12th at the Kimball Theater. So everybody look out for that. We're going to be having more advertisements and tie-ins in the coming months. Mm-hmm. I mean, not coming months, but coming weeks, because it's two weeks from now, right? It's very soon, and yeah. um, anybody who has their old mug is more than welcome to bring that back to this year's mug night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a, can I curse? Uh, we have a lot of mugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> I think we'll be needing them. And it's this year, they're bigger, right? They're now 32 ounces. Yeah. Well, you can't beat okay. that. Was it? It's $5 for 32 ounce mm-hmm. mug. So it is a price increase, but our theory was kind of that you are getting a lot more beer and now you don't have to get. 77 cents in change when you pay with bills, which is the most complicated amount of change you can make, basically. Yeah, I can only imagine just how difficult that is for the people working it mm-hmm. and for anyone buying it. I would just... Change change is a hassle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But no, yeah, so we've got that coming up, and then the other two films are The Goonies and Space Jam, and they're on November 19th and December 3rd. Uh, respectively. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll have more about that coming up, but right now everything's on Wet Hot American Summer, so I'm excited. Have you guys, have you, you guys have seen it, or? Um... I was a little late to the game. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. But I have watched both the original and the Netflix Oh, you've seen now. the show? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I really, I love the show. I just watched, I was only planning on watching one episode during the summer, and I just sat down and watched it in a day. Have you seen it, though? <laughs> I have not actually seen any of the Mug Knight films because I was a very sheltered young person. <laughs> so I have not seen any of them, so it'll be a huge surprise for me, but I don't know. 
I've heard good things, funny yeah. things about Wet Hot American Summer, so I look forward to it. Oh no, yeah, it's it's a very funny movie. It's it kind of just like it's incredibly silly, but by the end it wins you over with its strange type of humor. Mm-hmm. I would say. I think it is a polarizing film for sure. I have a lot of people who I don't know anyone who's kind of middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't know, definitely come out and see whether or not you love it because, like, I didn't expect to love it as much as I do. No, I totally agree with you. That's when I was younger, I'd actually I'd seen it once when I was younger, like 12, probably a little too young. And it just like <laughs> flew over my head. I was just, why are they old, but they're not old? And I was just confused and wasn't really having it. I'm glad I revisited it when I was older because I think you definitely have to comprehend the humor and actually enjoy it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that like one of those movies is that like the point of the movie is like when it's like older actors and actresses pretending to be young is that them poking fun at like when people will get mad if there's like a tv show that's based around like high school or something and then the high schoolers are doing inappropriate things and then people will get mad that they're broadcasting high schoolers doing inappropriate things when they're not because the actors are 27 i think part of it <laughs> might be something like that and i think part of it might be <laughs> they're old but not <laughs> I don't know how much credit I want to give it, but I th- they're smart. They're smart guys. Like the the same people who made that made the state, which is this really good uh, sketch comedy show back in the nineties, and they made um, Reno nine one one. Like oh my half God. of them were heavily involved with <laughs> Reno nine one one. This is really great. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I know they do like a purge every month, but mm-hmm. they definitely have the making of the movie as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which, if you haven't seen the film, I might hold off because I think the film, in its purest sense, is like the best way to watch it is having no background in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have seen the film, I would recommend watching the making of before going to the mug night because it's it was so interesting to me that they plucked out basically these really talented young actors and actresses who more than 80% of whom went on to become incredibly successful. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's always weird watching it for me cause, just because of Paul Rudd. Whenever I see Paul Rudd, like, back then to now, it's kind of terrifying because the man <laughs> does not age. <laughs> yeah. Who's yeah. the one um, who kind of just did not take off? What, like the the lead guy yeah, who wears the puka name? shells. Uh-huh. Uh, his name, because it's it, he was a comedy duo, and it's the other character, and it. it's Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter. Oh, that's right. That's Michael right. Showalter, who's technically that's the funniest thing is the two leads in in the film and the show are the ones that really never <laughs> like a not big. Not only did his career take off, but his he did not age that well. Either, he did. I will he say. did not at <laughs> all. <laughs> That was might be my favorite part of the show was just like every time they show him like in frame it I just started laughing because <laughs> they increasingly dress him up more ridiculously yeah. and it's so so much fun. His physical comedy was better than anyone else's. And I don't think he even knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's uh one thing I like to do every week on here is I like to just like talk with whoever's on with me about what movies they're looking forward to or anything particular that might fit our film festival theme this year, film and community. So are there any movies that you guys have seen that are coming out or things that you've seen recently that might apply particularly to the theme or just anything that you might even be interested in in general? Um, Well, of course, everyone's talking about 
the new Star Wars movie coming out this winter. Um, and I would, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think as far as community goes, I would venture to say that Star Wars has amassed like one of the biggest cult followings ever. Um, <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to that. I actually haven't looked too much into it, so I don't know who's actually in the movie itself. It's actually a really um, good cast. Who's point. in it? Okay, uh, Max von Sydow, who was like Ingmar Bergman's he's like lead a million actor, years old. like who. I'm a big Bergman fan, and it's just to see him as maybe like a Sith Lord would be pretty interesting. <laughs> and they have the uh, cast from the original films, and a couple young, mainly British actors, and I don't know, I can't, I think one of the Weasley twins from Harry Potter is Weasley. in it. Is Was was Dom Hall Gleason one of the... Weasley twins. I think he was Bill Weasley. He might have been. I think. Yeah. So it's a it's a bunch of like young, largely British people because I know the Natar the Star Wars movies notoriously film in England, on like the Pinewood lot. Yeah. But no, I've never I had never thought of it like that. You brought up an interesting point of like, not a film exactly about community, but totally a film about community because it is, Star Wars fandom is cult like in its size. Yeah. Did you see the new trailer that came out last week? I did. Yeah. I don't know if I liked it. I don't think I did either. Yeah. But I was afraid to say that out loud because a lot of my friends were freaking out about it. So I was like, yeah, yeah. okay. It's, yeah. I people. It means a lot to a lot of people. So just yeah. have it. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, so, Nick, anything that you've seen or want to see or think would be cool for the festival? Um, you know, I'm trying to find out a way that I can relate this film to the festival, but I really can't. I just saw this trailer and I'm dying to see it. It's mm -hmm. a new horror film called The Witch. Are you the, the one w who put is that? spelled with two Vs. Is it is it the American one that premiered at Sundance mm -hmm. a while ago? Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. It's like a Puritan era piece of a like a very small village on the east like New England that just finds a witch. You know, it's just like one of those really well done horror films. Yeah. Have you seen it, or is it just you really want to see it? Well, I don't even... I think it comes out after the film festival, oh, which okay. is a little bit of an impediment, but yeah, um, it looks incredible. No, I've, I've read a lot of like the coverage of that, and it does. It sounds like right up my alley. Uh, but I, I think you could see community in it, though, because it is, like you said, it's got that the Puritan... The community has to band together it's like, yeah. the witch. Communities like, aren't always good. Communities <laughs> yeah, no, this one... <laughs> So how exactly... Um, like, how exactly would you think that this is different from, like, plenty of other, like, witch trial type things? Or is it, like, witch trial, or is it then just, like, finding a witch? Well, I, so I think it's a real witch, is what it seems like from the trailer, but also the trailer is very, um, it's not incredibly telling of what happens in the mm -hmm. film. Um, but it seems to me like there is a real witch who just does horrific things. I think she kidnaps a baby at one point, and um, I really don't... It could go in any direction. Hmm. Uh, what I was reading, it sounds like it's... I hate the word, but gritty. Mm. It, it looks <laughs> kind of like a dirt-covered movie in that type of sense, of every frame has that little bit of earth in it. Mm -hmm. And that, that looks interesting. I think I haven't seen too many supernatural thriller horror type movies that really aspire towards that level of like grit it besides like the classics like texas chainsaw massacre or things like that where really are just 
dirty, dirty movies. Mm-hmm. And it it looks it looks like something like that. It looks like a throwback to that, like nice, palatable sense of earthiness. Yeah, but not overwhelmingly gruesome either. No, 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 no. Yeah, which is always good. That's like uh, what was? Did you see It Follows last year? No, I've been dying to see it. Ooh, it Follows is excellent. And that's it is a horror movie with almost zero gore, but it was one of the most interesting films I've seen in a while. It's the one with the tall people, right? Yeah, there's there's a few tall people. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few tall people, and I'll leave it at that, because any more talking about the tall people, it would spoil it, because that's one no. of the best moments in that movie. I did see Babadook, which is I easily top five favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah, That was great. so good. That movie was so good. I wasn't expecting that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm, that's one of those, like, when that popped up on Netflix, I was so excited, because mm-hmm. I was totally prepared to not be able to see that i didn't think any of the theaters around here would get it and it was just so good i i actually rented a screen from the reader media center last year for like finals week and just put it on a wall in my house and had the projection thing and i just binge watched movies on this projection screen and the babadook was one of it and i'm so glad i watched on that and just like creepy old rundown house mm. <laughs> on a big sheet in the living room. I also really like in I guess with the theme of community, like I also very much like films that are centered around mythologies that influence communities. Like mm-hmm. on the subject of witches, I was actually at Sony's house this weekend. Mm-hmm. Classmate Sony not here right now, but um she uh we watched the Blair Witch Project, which was about like yeah, communities and the weird association of the community with uh, an alleged witch, and then like they form their own little community of three people in the woods, and then that's like the destructive aspects of community because they also like start to lose their minds and turn on each other, which is not great. But like, yeah. yeah, I actually think horror movies just have a strong tendency to drift towards that. Like, you can totally interpret them as a community because mm-hmm. even if they aren't directly about it, the characters almost always form something just in face of whatever uh, adversary they have yeah like i i just saw i saw crimson peak last week which was i i was a little i was a little bit disappointed with especially it. for guillermo, guillermo yeah like i've always loved his i love guillermo del toro and i really liked it uh i think the movie was definitely hurt with advertising it was like a cross between Hitchcock and a Jane Austen melodrama, and they were really pushing like this is a spooky ghost story, and it was pleasant, but it was a fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it's I think I think that works with his style. I think he does fairy tales a lot, mm-hmm. and it I don't know I would it would be worth another watch, but it's very much like the film's not about community, but in the second half it's three people in this giant manner, and it's like a weird antithesis of what community can be and like it creates this strange kind of parasitic relationship it's it's interesting it, it's nice to like have that very specific lens to mm-hmm. have to look through at movies with the film festival because you get these new and interesting readings out of things that otherwise would just like pass by and be like oh that was a that was a nice movie mm-hmm. i did actually just in talking now, I thought of a new film that was just released on Netflix called The Beasts of No Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, very community-driven. It's about this boy whose parents are killed. Um, he's in, I think it's like an unnamed West African country, mm-hmm. torn by civil war, and his parents are killed, and he is um, kind of like raised by the radical um, like uprising army. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like all about his kind of like coming to terms with the fact that the people who raised him are actually incredibly radical and cruel and it's just a really well done film and yeah. I think we go great in the film festival so that's already that's already up on Netflix mm-hmm. okay I've been meaning to watch that because I'm a the director is it Kerry Fukunaga yeah Fukunaga Fukunaga okay yeah who worked on the first season of True Detective yeah really and yes he has a really good visual style and that's like that's a I, I'm liking the trend that I've seen recently of more movies aimed directly at adults like it's almost been to an oversaturation in comparison like every year you have the popcorn movie season in the summer and the past like month and a half every week there's one or two movies that looks like good solid it doesn't have to be r-rated but like it's not incredibly mature yeah yeah mature it's mature themes that they're dealing with mature stories Mm -hmm. and it's really like it's a nice trend to be seeing that like coming back to theaters and with netflix you can just have even more possibilities honestly yeah so any other uh things that are coming out like next few weeks any like i don't know there's a few ones What's on that, your mind i guess hmm? we've been talking the whole time yeah are there ones that you have been looking out for honestly there's one movie it's the new brad pitt angelina jolie movie uh, she wrote and directed it, and it looks incredibly, like... The, the trailer, it's Angelina Jolie just crying and smoking uh, in the French Riviera. Oh, good. And it looks incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's like... It, it looks like a Antonioni film. It looks like something super sad, depressing, beautiful people and sad... But, like, beautiful people in a beautiful place being incredibly sad and depressing in that very, like, Italian-French sort of way that, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. I don't know how exciting that will be to other people, but... I think, either way, I think. Yeah. I mean, with them, they're kind of... The consistency of the stuff that they put out mm-hmm. is... Uh, here here and there. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was a great movie. Yep. <laughs> that was a 10 out of 10 film. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for, I think it's called Suffragette? I have, yeah. About the women's suffrage movement? Yeah, with uh, Carrie Mulligan and Meryl Streep. And... Incredibly moving trailer. Mm-hmm. I cried. <laughs> See, that's a, I, I heard, like, that came out last week, I think, and I heard it wasn't very good. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I heard it wasn't very good. Like, that cast is amazing, and the story, it's a good story, and it's definitely something that should be told. And, I don't know, somehow there seemed to be a lot of, like, not even, it wasn't even negative. It's more of just an impartial sort of uh, opinion towards it. And that might be worse for me. Because something like that, I would I would want it to be... It seems so visceral. It would have to be either one end of the spectrum or the other. Exactly. And it's, it's so frustrating to me, too, because I feel like... I never learned about that in high school or middle school history classes. I no, feel like no. I just totally glossed over, and I was really looking forward to like yeah. a very kind of gripping film that would hopefully inspire people to learn about it a little bit yeah you never know hopefully hopefully like press is wrong that's the one nice thing is that everyone has their own opinion to make Mm -hmm. so i'll give it a shot exactly yeah i i love carrie mulligan and meryl streep and i would totally be willing to watch anything that they're in and that actually looks like a well-made interesting movie do you know if are they are carrie mulligan and meryl streep supposed to be like 
real historical figures or are they like they, they nondescript? Are. I don't they know are. their names, but I think it's Are there real people? Here. Okay, all right. I wasn't sure if it was just like placed in a historical setting and then there was something like Okay. Let me let me actually look that up. I know they are, and I think they're some of like the big names, and I'm not 100% sure who they are in the movement. I would assume... Hmm. Let me see here. If only the internet would actually come to my assistance when I needed it to. These sound cartoons do not do too much for the Wi-Fi quality. I, I could imagine. No, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're just going to leave it as, I think they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not 100% sure, but... If you want to know that one, uh, look it up and yeah, exactly. Watch the movie. They definitely see and as many people as possible should go see. When is it slated to? You said it came out last week. Right? It came out last oh. week in like the limited release, so I'm not oh, sure when it's getting okay. a wide release. Okay. Plus, I think it had like a, a British premiere, so I'm not even sure when that will translate to uh, a U.S. release. Did both of you see Tokyo Trend? Yes. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. What do you guys think of that one? I've actually I saw it twice now, because okay. that is uh, the director Cian Sono is my favorite director, and I had uh, hmm? uh yeah he is yeah uh, that's it's probably I really enjoy the movie it's not my favorite movie of his his there's this one movie that's called Love Exposure, and it is a four four and a half hour epic film that uh drifts from like postmodern interpretations of doomsday cults and it's a it's an epic love story but an epic love story between a karate fighting girl who's obsessed with Kurt Cobain who ends up indoctrinated in a cult and a boy who's a son of a catholic preacher who commits sins so that he can confess to his father because that's the only relationship they have and he becomes a like covert ninja upskirt photographer and it's just like (laughs) two star-crossed lovers in the most strange way possible Mm, yeah (laughs) but see uh sono makes a lot of movies like that he is uh he's very sensational he he is definitely the definition of maximalism i would say yeah (laughs) That was, like, my first response to the movie was, like, that was a lot to take in. It, it, Especially it is. since I've never seen anything by this director before. And I also, again, going back to when I said I was a pretty sheltered child, I, like, had never seen West Side Story, which was supposed to be, I guess, a point of comparison for mm-hmm. our class. So I had, like, even less context than other people who might have seen the movie. So I was like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. The entire movie. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like that. And then... <laughs> I think the relationship to West Side Story is not super strong. It's not okay. I, I there's the thing is there's a n- decent enough like topical relationship that they'll play really well off each other. Mm-hmm. I think there's enough like similarities to really like emphasize the differences. Yeah, and I think that's what we're looking forward to with the uh, the fall launch event. Yeah, honestly. especially because it's a double feature. I guess if it was too similar, yeah. you wouldn't want to watch two of them. Exactly. Know, so exactly. No, and that's so y- you saw it, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what did you think? Um. So that's a t- I don't know. I really don't know. Um. I went into it knowing exactly what it was about mm-hmm. because we just learned about it in class, and I'm writing my c- paper on West Side Story for the class. So I think I had 
a good amount of background, and so I was really kind of not following the story so much as I was, like, the technique of the director, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Yeah. Um, but there were some scenes in the film that made me a little bit uncomfortable, I will say. Like, it seemed like he pushed the envelope a little too far for me, which I understand, like, has to be done. Mm-hmm. But uh, it had mixed... I had mixed feelings about it. I would definitely say that. It was... Uh, the second time I saw it, it was in a group setting. You realize there are some scenes early on that are a little... Un- they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it just, like... They're very strategic, I would say. I think the director totally knows what he's doing, and it's kind of pushing boundaries to push boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I also see it as a... As a whole, the movie's definitely a comedy. And I think... There, it's that good interplay of discomfort that then allows when the eventual punchline kicks in, it's that bigger punchline. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the good thing about this movie is that it will open up a dialogue. There's no, it. I think it might be very much like a wet hot American story, wet hot American story, <laughs> wet hot, wet hot American summer type situation where it's like I imagine people will be very much in one direction or the other. I can't imagine people being too impartial about okay. Tokyo Tribe because it's like if 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 you are like put off by it and you'll be put off by it because it is kind of well then yeah I was put off by it I would say (laughs) yeah but definitely I mean it's visually stunning oh no definitely and that for me is enough to watch a movie you know yeah have you ever seen Enter the Void yeah it reminded me a lot of that and just the like I think Tokyo lends itself really well as a backdrop for just overwhelmingly stunning and over the top visual effects no yeah Um, so it was interesting for me in that regard. Yeah, that was... That's very much like a movie... Enter the Void is one that I enjoy, and I showed it to other people, and it's one of those things, it's like, you appreciate the aesthetic for, like, the mm-hmm. first 20-so minutes, and then you're like, oh, this is a three-hour-long movie, <laughs> and it you're made, just kind of floating around for three hours. It made me realize how weird my taste in movies is, because mm-hmm. I loved it, and then as soon as I showed it to someone else, I was like, oh, um, yeah, I... I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> like I almost felt guilty for having shown it to them. Yep. No, that was some. I I put it on in a group of like fifteen people, and I just wanted to see. I was like a social experiment for me. I wanted to see how long it was until they would turn off Enter the Void, and <laughs> they went. It just like they kept being like just confused and interested enough in it that they just kept watching it, and then we were like an hour and a half in. And they're like, how how much more of there is this? I was like, there's an hour and a half left. <laughs> you must have really cinephile friends if they need an hour and a half. Yeah, hour yeah, they. <laughs> I I don't know if I'd say that. I think they might just be lazy and unwilling to turn off the, or turn the channel. <laughs> but yeah, that it's those are those are good movies though. Sometimes just to like things that people can have such different uh, opinions on. I always I always like that because. As much as it's fun to watch a movie that everyone enjoys and that everyone can like have universal praise for, mm-hmm. the best conversations are when people have different opinions. Yep. I de- Blue is the warmest color definitely fit that bill. Oh yeah. For the film festival two years ago, I would. Say. Yeah, I was. I went to that screening and I I loved it. I I was a big fan. I I adored it, and then I kind of, um, short sightedly got the impression that the only people who 
didn't like it were homophobic mm-hmm. because of there's so much just I wouldn't even say gratuitous I think all the sex scenes are important in it mm-hmm. um, but there is a lot mm-hmm. but then after we play the film and I talked to my friends about it even some of the people people had issues with it for other reasons as mm-hmm. well yeah yeah, yeah. And especially with the, the sex scenes, they are, they, they're very, like, confrontational, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, th- I think they, it achieves what it's going for very deftly. Mm-hmm. That was one of the weirdest, I had a double feature for friends of mine, and we watched that, and then watched Clueless. And shockingly, they played really well off of one another. Because I, I love both of those movies. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Clueless fan. It was a strong contender for Mug Night last year. Actually, really, mm-hmm. I, I love that one. I feel like, yeah, that's definitely, especially with the good old '90s kick that things seem to be going on recently. Mm-hmm. I will just say to anybody listening, if you have any films that you would like to see at Mug Night, we are always looking for suggestions. Oh yeah, that that's definitely because that's the thing is the Mug Nights really are a big community event, particularly with the students. Because I know I went to the, I think I went to most of them last year. I went to Monty Python, Big Lebowski, and I th- maybe another one, but I remember those two. Harry Potter. I did not go- see. This is I've never actually seen all the Harry Potter movies or read all the Harry Potter books. I'm not a Harry Potter guy. Well, we only had one patron go to all four Mug Nights really? last year. So shout out to Zoe Mitchell, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she uh, went a little frisky at the last screening. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully she shows up to all of them this year. Because mm-hmm. that's just, that's commitment, honestly. Yeah, I was very impressed. Yeah, really. All right, well, I think that will about do it for us this week. Uh, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. And I am Brandon Trainer. Uh, this was Nick Corello. And I'm Bill Cusson. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks very much.